Together, growing in faith, changing communities. Dear brothers and sisters, today I would like us to reflect on the gospel of Luke chapter 17 from verse 11 to verse 19. This is one of the most beautiful gospel accounts. And in this gospel account, we hear, On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Let us begin this. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And so he has set his mind, he has set his goal going to Jerusalem. That is his purpose. That's what he wants to do. But I'm amazed that as he goes to Jerusalem, along the way, as he passes through Samaria and Galilee, he meets some people. And that's the first part I want to reflect on. You know where you're going. I know where I'm going. We know what we want to achieve in our lives. We know what we want for ourselves. We know what we want for our families. We know what we want for our children. We know what we want for our marriages. But along the way, we meet different people. Along the way, we go to different places. Along the way, certain things happen. Now, what do we do with things that happen along the way? Do we ignore them or do we attend to them? There are two extremes. One is to absolutely ignore them. The second one is to forget where we are going and refocus now and focus on that which came accidentally. And we realize that what happens along the way was probably not the original plan. But how do we deal with that? How do we do with that? How do we live our life? How do we live our lives knowing that? You know, as we are getting older and as we enter into relationships and make commitments and goals in life, there are certain things that we promise ourselves that we want to do. And we say, I want to engage in doing X, Y, and Z. What do you do then when your plans do not materialize as you've always planned them to be? What do you do when things don't show up? What do you do when things do not work out the way you have planned them? So often in life, I've heard people who say, you know what, Father, I've done my schooling and I've went to tertiary. I now have a degree and I look at all my friends and a great majority of them are working and others are quite successful. And I look at my own life and I'm not happy. And you also see another group of people who say, you know, if X, Y, and Z had not happened to me, I would be far in life. If I had not met this person, if I had not made that decision, I would be far in life. And so I, I realized that while that may be true, we are, we, we, we are moving or we are driven by the end. We are an end-orientated person. It is the telos, the end, that seems to drive our initial movement and sustain us. And so you find that the end justifies the means. And I'm asking myself, is that fair to do? 
Yes, while I'm very much a, a proponent of those who say we should always be purpose-driven people, but should we ignore the things that take place along the path? And I want to argue and say certain things that take place along the path are crucially important for our growth. And these things are there in order to help us. They are there, some to distract us, some to encourage us, and some to make us strong. And so in this scenario, this is what I pick up and I learn about Jesus Christ. That as he goes to Jerusalem, he meets people who need help. Now go back to what is said in this gospel. He was met by 10 lepers. He did not actively meet them, but he was met by them. They make an initiation. They begin the process. That's the second point I want to talk about. They know who they are. They know that they are lepers. They know that socially they cannot be with the community. They know that religiously they cannot go to the synagogue nor to the temple because they are perceived to be spiritually unclean. Now, there is a syndrome that we call feel sorry for me syndrome, where things have happened in our lives. Instead of taking ownership, instead of looking at it and say, okay, it has happened, what can I do in order to come out of this mud, in order to come out of this situation? And some people have what we will call, oh, ah, shame, poor me, this happened, that happened. While we acknowledge that there's a lot of pain and hurt, but then I need to take responsibility. I need to get up and decide what is it that I'm going to do about the situation. Most likely, I'm not going to change the past. Most likely, I have no control to what is happening in my life. Everything around me, but I probably can do a lot to what I can do with that which has been done or that which has happened in my life. Instead of sitting down and feeling sorry for myself, I, I think the gospel challenges us to say, what am I doing about the situation? Yes, I know things are not okay. I know that things are not perfect. I know that this is not according to plan. But what stops me from going to the drawing board? What stops me from going to plan B, plan C, plan D? What stops me from picking up the broken pieces? What is it that is stopping me from realizing that instead of this being a challenge, instead of this being an obstacle, let me change it into becoming not a stumbling block, but a stepping stone and I can come out of it victoriously. That is an important lesson that the Lord is teaching us. The other thing that I love is that they go to Jesus. They say, Lord, we need help. And so they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Show us compassion. That's a loaded statement. The first one, Jesus, Joshua, means the Savior. They see Jesus 
as their savior. They see Jesus as the one who will change the situation. They see Jesus as a game changer. Do I see Jesus like that? Do I see him as a miracle worker? Do I see him as someone who loves me? Do I see him as someone who has taken great interest in my life? Master, there, there exists a master-rabbi-student-disciple relationship. So if they see Jesus as their master, if they see Jesus as their rabbi, then they must see themselves as the disciples of Jesus. And this is absolutely amazing. Have you ever thought of these lepers as the disciples of Jesus? Not liked by the community, probably not even comfortable in their own skins, in their own selves, but they still see themselves as disciples of Jesus. And how many of Jesus' disciples even today, are struggling with leprosy. Maybe not the skin disease, but with emotional issues, psychological issues, physical issues, social issues. How many of us feel unloved, feel dirty, feel uh, unworthy, feel inadequate? Do I have the courage to cry out and say, have compassion on me? The third word is have compassion on me. Show me your mercy. Show me your compassionate heart. It comes from a place where they must probably have felt absolute rejection and disgust by other people. Maybe their own families have disowned them. Maybe their own friends have left them. They can only be friends with lepers, not because initially they were friends. It is their leprosy that has joined them, that, have, that has put them together. It's like when you go to, to those who are struggling with addiction, they, they find a new home, they make new friendships. They would not have done this unless they were both struggling with an addiction, with alcohol, with drugs, or with whatever kind of an addiction. And so you find these people out of the ashes, they, they, they grow into something wonderful. Out of their own misery, instead of feeling sorry for themselves, they build this solidarity to stand united together so that they may face whatever happens in life. What is my attitude to difficulties? What is my attitude when things do not go according to plan? How do I learn? How do I relearn things? How do I stand on my own two feet when everything around me tells me to give up? Do I have the courage to cry out to God and say, I'm drowning, I need help? Do I have the courage to go up to Jesus and say, do not leave me now? Do I have the courage to point it out to myself? Dear brothers and sisters, it is easy for people to point out things to us, but do I have the courage to point it out to myself? To look at myself in the mirror and say, I, Tembelani, need help. And that is a grace that God wants to give us. To say, I cannot do this on my own. And I need help. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect us, to bless us, and to guide us. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.